0: Hey, welcome. Come on in, listen, watch. This is Jack Kelly. Let's go live with Jack Kelly. And we're talking about the future of work. So for today, for I today, want to talk about something that you wouldn't ordinarily think the future of work. Just checking my mic here. Um, we have to talk about the Delta variant sounds ominous, right? The fourth wave or the Delta variant. One of the futures of work, unfortunately, we have to think about is our health and COVID-19 and all these different strains that are rising. It's it's wild. I mean, we went through a year and a half of dealing with it. And I think, um, I don't want to speak for all of you, but I'll speak for myself. I thought we're done. In my mind, we're done. Now, when I mean done, I don't mean we completely eradicated everything, but for all intents and purposes, we're past the really tough stuff and just dealing, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it like this will always be around in some form, just like we have cancer and we have all these other things that it's going to be one of these things we have to live with. That's We don't want to live with it, but we have to deal with it. But it does. So what's happening is... You we're reading more and more about the Delta variant and now the fourth wave. And what, I don't know about you, but for me, I don't know who to believe or what to believe anymore. I really don't know, I don't know. Part of me feels that this is kind of a media campaign and I don't know if I get you know, you know know uh, canceled for this, but is it a media campaign because there, I don't know what 40% of the population here in the States who aren't vaccinated and from Rachel Walensky, who is the CDC head, is basically saying that this is a pandemic for the unvaxxed, which you got to love the government. They come up with these really frightening tags. So it's a pandemic. So I, I, I could be quoting it wrong. I have it in my Forbes article, so I should know it. But I don't have it up in front of me, which I probably should have it up in front of me. But then if I do, it distracts me. So so they... The, there's a whole swath of, I guess, millions of people who haven't been vaccinated. It looks like they're getting COVID. And that's and then because there's a new strain, it seems like I don't know, people who may have the vaccine still might get it. So it's really it's hard to really tell exactly what is happening and why they're doing it. Part of me, as I was mentioned before, I wonder, and I'm not even blaming. Just so you know what I'm from it's coming from, I'm not even blaming Biden and the administration to try to push the narrative to get people vaccinated because that's their job. As, as a leader, Biden has to make some unpopular opinions and, and do certain things that he feels is best for the country. And getting more people vaccinated seems like that's the best option to do. I'm vaccinated, my wife, my kids, not my dogs and cats. I don't think we're up to that yet. So I get it. Um, I had COVID. It was not pleasant whatsoever. Uh, my brother as well. So I, I, I get this whole situation. So I could see why maybe they're pressuring, but then you got to wonder, is there really this second surge or are they using that as leverage to get people vaccinated, to scare them, to pressure them, to have other people pressure them. And I get it, but here's what happens, and this is where it intersects with the future of work, because now most companies have come to a consensus of how they're going to handle the post-pandemic era. A good portion of, let's say, the big tech leaders, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Salesforce, um, all the companies seem to coalesce around, hey, we want you in the office maybe two or three days a week, the rest could be remote. And then there'll be some amount of people who are only going to work remotely for various reasons. Childcare, if the schools don't reopen again, which happened, let's say, in New York and New Jersey, where I am, the public schools were closed, so parents had a hard time knowing what to do, so they were home. Um, sick relatives, the is just horrible, kind of really concerned that they'll get COVID or pass it along. So there are varied very, very reasons why people are going to still work remotely. So you have the hybrid and then you have some, you know, working a couple of days a week at home. And then there's a certain amount who just remote. But now with the talk about the Delta variant and a fourth wave and different strains, it's, it's, it changes the dynamics because let's say you and I are the CEO and president and executives of a company. We have a big problem now. We just invested a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money into having this hybrid system. We probably put in all sorts of health precautions. We probably rearranged all the desks. We have all these policies and procedures. We kind of have now all this infrastructure. How are we gonna kind of service um, a dispersed workforce? But we think what we have to kind of think about if there's a new wave, would it be inappropriate? Would it be, ha- would it be almost malpractice? Are we subject to litigation if we bring people back and this is for real? So think about that for a second. If these companies, now let's take a lot of Wall Street companies, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley and others, we're pretty adamant, hey, we want people back in the office. And I get it. Every every sector is different. And every company has their own reasons. I think with Wall Street, they feel more comfortable having people there. Young Young bankers could be mentored. Wall Street, you're not producing. It's not like a factory where you're doing manufacturing. It's really about sharing intelligence so people want to collaborate have the serendipitous meetings in the hallways impromptu conversations it's a very regulated industry so by having everyone together compliance legal risk and audit can watch over them so i get that they're doing it but now what do you do if you're an executive over at one of these companies you have to start thinking Are we going to have to change our plans as much as we wanted people coming back to the office? Do we, do we go through with that or not? Now, the tough part is because the same way I'm uncertain about is how bad is it? Because a lot of times the news, they'll give the percentages, Hey, it's, you know, 200% increase. But then when you find the actual numbers, they're small. So the percentages make you scared. And then you wonder, is it fear-mongering? Because like, You know, if one person has COVID and now two people, you know, what is that, 100% increase? Three people, 300% increase, 400% increase as you go along. So then it's like, oh my gosh, terrible. But it's really one person. And then they don't also say, you don't hear a lot, who is getting it? Yes, they talk about the unvaccinated. Talk about that, you know, without end. But are they older? Are they people who have comorbidities? the CDC recently said that 40% of the people who got COVID or maybe succumbed to COVID were uh, had diabetes or were obese. So instead of worrying about being politically correct, tell us the real truth. Like, who is getting it? How bad is it? And how real is it? So everyone can make decisions. So if you're uh, if you're on the board of directors, let's say at these investment banks we were talking about, and you're in the executive suite. Or you're even a mid-level manager and your people are coming and say, what are we going to do? And they're going to probably say, especially let's say in New York, which was the epicenter of COVID for a long time, lots of casualties, lots of deaths, fresh in their mind. Do you think they're going to want to go back? New York city is very crowded, very dense. So you're going to get on these trains and buses with people all over each other. Um, Now you may you may say, well, it, you know, it won't be that much because not many people are going back. But a lot of buses and a lot of trains, they let go people because people were not using it. So, yeah, it probably will be crowded. So, they're gonna, so the workers are going to say, wait a minute, I'm going to have to go on these crowded trains. I'm going to have to go on these crowded buses. And then I'm going to walk the streets that may be crowded. Then I go back to office with people. So my risk level is going through the roof now. And I'm not going to do it. So you could easily see a lot of people saying, I'm, I'm not going back, fire me. I'm going to stay remote. If you're not letting me, well, you got to let me go because I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right to put me in danger. So now from the C-suite and executives and middle management, think about it. What are they going to do? Do you scuttle all the plans? And a lot of these people have big egos. So, you know, if they say, we got to do it this way, get back into get to back into the office, it's not easy for them to switch gears and say, whoops, my bad, <laughs> don't worry, don't come back in. All right, we made a mistake, stay home. So will they do it? This raises a big question. See, a lot of these companies were saying by September, we're going to go back. We're getting close, believe it or not. Before you know it, what is it? Today's the 20th believe it or not, of July. So in a little bit, it's August, and then we're stones throw away from getting back. So these companies have a serious decision to make, as well as the workers, because the workers have to feel what am, uh, what's going to happen. Because the average person, the more they hear about the Delta variant, hear about the fourth wave, and more cases, the more concerned they're going to be. Like, I don't want to go back. Now, some of them may not even talk to their boss. They may just say, I'm just going to look. You know, while I'm working remotely, I'm going to search for jobs. I'm going to network. I'm going to get in touch with recruiters and spend most of my day trying to find something where I know I could be remote and I don't have to worry about this. So it's wild. So, you know, when I started kind of doing this series about the future of work, I'm kind of looking at what trends what sectors are hot? What sectors are growing? What's, what's going to happen with artificial intelligence? You know, all these things, what you, you know, robotics, what you normally think of when you think of what's happening in the future. To be fair, it didn't occur to me, maybe because I'm an optimist, and sometimes you're blinded by optimism. So I was kind of thinking, hey, we're past, you know, the really bad stuff. So we don't have to worry about COVID or strains of COVID and, and it frees us up to look at more proactive things. But I'm wrong. I guess I'm wrong. Yeah. I could be right. If it turns out in another month or two, it realizes, hey, it falls alarm. It's not so bad. You know, it was a little scar, you know, scare, but everything's okay. Could be. I don't know. And that's the big thing. We no one knows. It's a wild card. And with a wild card, it's tough because then people can't make decisions. And if you can't make decisions, then you're worried because then think about it. If, if if someone watching here has two or three young children, uh, maybe middle school, elementary school, you got a big decision. What do you do? If the school's close down again, how do you go into the office and what do you do with your kids? You're gonna have like eight year olds, nine year olds. I forgot because my kids are older now. I forgot how old they are for each grade. So you're gonna have, uh, don't laugh at me you had a 10 year olds so i don't know whatever in elementary school you know uh you know you can't leave them by themselves i don't think you can at that age i don't think i did let them i mean when i was younger i think i was left alone but that was gen x's so we were a different breed it was really weird um so what do you do i, I guess you speak to your manager say hey do you know and the manager say like, oh i'll check so you have a choice maybe you resign you know, that's maybe why you see this whole great resignation. Like, all right, if, if, if I don't get anything from my company telling me what's happening and I'm reading about this new strain and I got to worry about how this is going to impact me and I have young children, I got to find another job quickly. Or I just got to resign, you know, collect unemployment and wait it out. So this is something we got to really focus on. Um, I want to bring it to your attention because it's one of these things where I think it, it could have a serious impact. I hope not, just so you know that, because I, I have no interest in being locked down, <coughs> being locked down for another year and a half. I have no interest in getting COVID again. That was not pleasant. So I'm, I'm hoping that this, this is just, you know, kind of a short-term thing and that maybe, you know, people will get their vaccines and then things kind of go back to, you know, the trajectory we've been on, which is very positive. But if it doesn't, we got to we gotta be careful. We got to think it through. Give you an example. You know, talk about Wall Street. Apple is a great example too. Fantastic company, amazing products. Um, what an American success business story. They came out, with their hybrid work model, where be in the office about three days a week or so, and the rest, you know, could be at home, but really clamp down on the remote work. Tim Cook, the CEO, was met with a lot of resistance, where people were saying, Hey, this is not cool. We signed on to do remote, and now you're making us go back. People say, Hey, I I you know, I have health issues. I'm worried about sick relatives. My commute would be th- you know, two hours back and forth, or maybe I wasn't even living in this area because I was signed on remote. People say I have, and this is one of the good outcomes of pandemic, if you can call it a good out- outcome, is that we're more open to talk about our mental health issues, emotional wealth, uh, well-being issues. And so people are kind of saying, hey, I-, I have too much anxiety to go back in traffic to commute, to go and and to worry about getting sick. So I really need to go home. Others are just saying, I do my work better. I'm a software developer. I'm a software engineer. I work best with my headphones on, focusing. I don't need to spend two hours in traffic. I don't need to spend it in an office where I have all these distractions. I'm better doing it at home. So now with that in mind, what does Tim Cook do? You know, he's already getting pushback. Now, people who wanna be and stay remote, which it seems to be a large percentage of people are gonna say, well, look at this Delta variant. Look at these strains that are coming up this fourth wave. Why are you gonna make us go back if even there's a whiff of this risk? You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. You're gonna think, doesn't it seem more reasonable to say, even if you look at the odds and even if the odds are only 30% that this Delta variant is going to take on some speed or any other strain is going to take on some, you know, some speed and going to create more cases, wouldn't it be reasonable for a company to then say, that's a risk I don't want to take. We're better off being safe than sorry. And let's make people stay remote. So it seems to me, that there's a chance if the way people are talking about it now, the way we're hearing from the Biden administration, the way we're hearing it from the media in which we're having these, you know, Delta variant strain uh, waves and and more cases. And by the way, I think to me, and you might not believe this, I'm not an MD or scientist. I know it's shocking, right? I I, I even think so, but, to me, it would seem reasonable that there'd be more cases because we went from pretty much a lockdown to very quickly, let's open up and let's get started. And we've all seen videos and pictures and, you know, you know been there ourselves where people are going to these crowded baseball games, basketball games, concerts, clubs, bars restaurants, all that kind of stuff. So with everybody, about everyone going out, everyone being on top of each other, there's something that was interesting in New Jersey. There's like one of the beach towns, There was the weather was horrible. And there were lines going, it looks like for a mile of people waiting to get into a crowded club during the day. So we're on top of each other, breathing on top of each other, you know. So it does make sense why it, it, you know, COVID would spread a little more. It does make sense what people probably get more colds and other things because we're on top of each other. So part of me is like, all right, that's reasonable. Now it's when, but even though that's reasonable, we don't know. And that's the part. And if we don't know, and the companies don't know, and the media know, and, and, and the our politicians aren't really sure. And I'm not blaming anybody. It's hard to really tell. This is something we've never really dealt with before. So, I would think reasonable people, and it's always easy and fun to make fun of executives and board of director people and big shots. And you know these billionaires that run these companies, it's always good you know, to make fun of them. Oh, they're so dumb or how come, you know, whatever we say about them, right? But at the end of the day, they can't be too stupid to be in the role they're in to be worth billions. So they also understand risk and they understand if they make everybody come back and there's a likelihood that they can catch COVID or a variation of it. It doesn't make sense for them to take on that risk. It's too much liability. So I, th- my, my, what I'm thinking is going to happen in the near future of work is that there's. Uh, I never like to, to talk in black and white, it's like this is going to happen or not happen, because that's not really how life is. It's more of, you know the percentages of the chance of something happening. So right now, I would say maybe there's a 20% chance that companies might say, you know what? We're hearing more and more about this. I feel that our employees are getting nervous and getting worried. And successful business owners, executives realize if you have your workforce who's worried and anxious and stressed, they're not going to perform well because they can't because they're just the worry, concern, particularly of this health crisis is is going to take over so you're going to have a whole bunch of people who are afraid who are scared understandably so and then you're going to have a whole section of them who are saying you know what if you're not giving me direction or you're not making overtures to say hey we want hybrid work but if this gets really serious we're going to send everyone home and if you're not communicating we're just going to look for another job so the smart, enlightened executives are going to get that. They're going to get that if they don't communicate well, and they don't, even if they want people back in, but realize how it would adversely impact people's mental health and well-being and, and physical safety and, and health safety, they're going to leave and go, the work is going to go somewhere else that does appreciate. That's That's what happens with capitalism. Hey, if one company that you're at doesn't treat you well, and you have the experience, you have the background, you have the ability, you have the talent, you'll go somewhere else. And so the forward-looking progressive companies and executives are gonna say, hmm, my competitors are all saying, well, I'm gonna pretend this isn't happening. I'm gonna pretend that there's no threat and everyone keep coming back to the office. And the, I'm sorry, the progressive ones are gonna say, my competitors are, are saying, hey, I don't care. Come back to the office. They're going to say, hey, don't worry. You don't have to do that. We're not going to make you do an hour and a half commute one way, an hour and a half back, being in a crowded bus, subway, stuck in your car, having to worry the whole time about getting something and bringing it back to your family. You know what? We're going to tell you, don't worry. Stay at home. Even if they prefer you in the office, they'll say stay at home now and let's see. And then we'll monitor and see what happens. So what I would suggest for the people watching it now, and what we do is after it's done, we'll, we'll kind of clean up some of the edits, some of the really dumb things I say, repost it. So it's maybe, you know, uh, so with, with a copy of the uh, Forbes article that I'm referring to, um, and you can kind of get a better insight and some more intelligence. And I can put some other links as well, so you can kind of learn more about this topic. And by bringing it up, you could kind of start doing your own homework and your own research and thinking about what do you want to do for your job and your career? You may want to, you may want to speak to your manager. You may want to have a group of your colleagues, maybe send a letter to management saying, Hey, this is happening. Can we, can you talk about it? Can you tell us what's going on, what to do? before it's too late. So this is, this is, you know, this is something what I would suggest that you kind of do, give it, kind of do some homework. Don't take what I'm saying, you know, when I'm saying, I'm giving my, I think my value is bringing up these topics, bringing up these ideas, sharing it with you, sharing what, what trends, what's going on. And this, this new strain is something that may, it may or may not impact you. So it behooves you to kind of check it out, do some homework, then kind of look at your own risk management, what you think is the best thing to do. And I would suggest, speak to your colleagues. And if you're concerned, go to your boss, go to your manager, send a letter, send an email, send a memo and ask, what are we doing about it? How are we dealing with this? Is this for real? Is this not for real? What do you know? Because you wanna be prepared. You don't wanna wait till let's say after Labor Day where a lot of companies are telling them to come back and all of a sudden there is this new strain and things aren't looking good, and you have to go into a big city like New York or LA or Chicago or Philly, and you're like, what do I do now? So you wanna start preparing. You wanna start setting the stage of how this is gonna play out. Do they have a plan? What is their plan? How's it gonna, You know, what are the options? And if they don't do it, this is a big tell about the integrity and the leadership of your organization. If they don't have anything, and they're just having a blind eye and hoping for the best. You have to kind of wonder, is this the kind of place I wanna be associated with? Do I wanna be a place that's just putting their head in the ground like an ostrich and hoping everything is fine? Or do you wanna work for a company that you don't even have to listen to this podcast, LinkedIn Live. You don't have to you know, do some of your own homework because the company will come to you and say, hey, let's have a town hall meeting. This is important. Everyone get get on a Zoom call or however they communicate. Everyone get on Slack let i want to talk to you about and say what's going on and what what options are available and what we're going to do that's the kind of company you want to work for and this is what another and i'll leave you with this 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 is a really interesting point because it really boils down to the future for the kind of company the kind of people you want to work with because there's a divide the ones who are going to be proactive look forward where is the puck going wants to make sure we understand what's happening and they communicate everything to you openly and honestly. Now, it doesn't mean they give you everything you want. Just like a parent doesn't mean you give them ice cream before dinner, because it makes them happy. You want to take care of them. But you want to make sure that they're being open, candid, transparent, and honest. Even if they don't have all the answers, they could tell you that. Now, hopefully, they have access to information that maybe we don't. So they can come up with some answers, but even though you want a company, you want to work at a place where they respect you enough, where they have empathy and compassion for you so that they don't want you to sit home worried because you're not hearing anything. What do we do? You know, you turn to your spouse and pa- partner and say, well, what do we do? We have young kids. Do we quit our jobs? Do we relocate? You know, How are we going to manage this? And then, and then be stressed for weeks and months at a time. So it creates this big divide, and that's one of the, I think, the trends I'm noticing that's popping up in this future of work. You have the companies that are digging in, that are old school, that are just going to do whatever they've done in the past. They don't want change. They don't want anything different. They don't care. It's, it's worked like this forever. We've always done it this way, and it's, we don't want any newfangled stuff. You can have those, and then you can have other companies that are going to be forward thinking, progressive, empathetic, caring, because they get it, because they get things have changed. And the ones who get it are going to be, in my opinion, the companies that really do well and succeed because they're going to be able to get the best talent, you know, recruit the best talent, train the best talent, retain the best talent. And if you have the best team, it's like sports. If you field the best athletes in whatever endeavor you're doing, you have a better chance of winning. If you have a team where people aren't happy, they're miserable, they don't feel they're being paid well, they feel they're being taken advantage of, they're not going to perform well. So you want to see where do you fit, and then start thinking about your job and your career, in which direction? Because you deserve the best. You deserve to be treated well, with respect, with dignity, and have management who cares about you. And that's the litmus test. So I hope I hope this gives you. And, and listen, trust me when I'm saying this. I I want to be really clear when I'm talking about, you know, the beginning of the show, about the Delta variant. This is a, it's a show, I, I, I got to keep everyone's interest. You know, if I talk to, like I'm a scientist, I'll bore everybody and they're gonna not watch and they're gonna fall asleep. So it's a little bit, you know, you know, try, I'm trying to be entertaining as well as informative, but I, and I take it very seriously. This is a very important matter. So I just want you to know that. Thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Any questions you have, feel free to ask me. You could hit me up on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook. Glad to help. If, if you ever have any topics you want me to talk about, let me know. I really appreciate it. I've been getting so much great feedback, so many questions, so many, so many people taking me up on the offer about their job search, their career. Um, and I'm just really humbled and glad that I could be of help and, and really help so many people. So it's Jack Kelly. Let's go live with Jack Kelly talking about the future of work. Thank you so much for watching. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Bye-bye.